Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like ourselves. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry on the ground. I think we could have done without those. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, all of our souls, and all of our minds, may they be truly and utterly faithful to your word, O Lord, our God, our rock, and our redeemer. And we thank you that you breathed your Holy Spirit, the Ruach, into dust and created us in your image. Help us to be empowered by that Spirit again, to be recreated back into that image from our old sinful nature. Come, Holy Spirit, into this place. Revive us again. Bring us to new life and new hope. And God, if we're hurting or hopeless or don't know what to do, touch us where we need healing. Fill the emptiness that needs to be made whole and make us be a light to the world so they may know the love you have for them and the beauty that they are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you lived in ancient Bible times, odds are you lived under the authority of a king. And many of these kings claimed that they were oh. gods, and they would even call themselves the image of God. Meaning they had authority to tell people what to do, order things to be made. Yeah, they got to define good and evil. And these kings would often make statues of themselves, which in Hebrew were called tselem, often translated as idol or image. But for Israel, they didn't view their kings as the God. In fact, they were never supposed to even make images of God. It's exactly right. And that was really unique for that time and culture. This is rooted, first of all, in Israel's belief that you can't reduce the creator God down to any one thing in creation. But there's another reason. People aren't to make images of God because God has already made images of himself. When did he do that? Well, let's go to page one of the Bible. And the first person we meet there is God. He's the one with authority over all creation. He speaks and creation obeys. And he defines what is good and not good. In other words, he alone is king. But then surprisingly, as the pinnacle of all of God's creative work, he makes humans and he calls all of them the image of God. So he gives all humans the authority to rule. Exactly. That's what he goes on to say. He tells the humans to subdue the earth and to rule it. And so this task that once belonged only to elite kings is here in the Bible, the task of every human being. This was a revolutionary statement in its day because all humans are being called to rule and to participate in the human project. So what does this mean? I mean, how are we all supposed to rule? So the picture we get in Genesis is gardening. Gardening? Yes. 
gardening. So they rule the earth by cultivating it, by harnessing all of the earth's raw potential and then making something more and new out of it. So growing food for each other. Yes, but that also includes growing families then, which become neighborhoods. And then they create communities where people are going to work and take care of each other and build businesses and cities that will expand to new places and so on. So ruling is really the day-to-day acts of our work and creativity. Yes, we take the world somewhere. This is humanity's divine and sacred task. Yeah, and this all sounds really nice. And humans have designed some pretty great things. But just as often we create things that cause a lot of suffering and a lot of injustice, so maybe we shouldn't actually be ruling. Yeah, so the Bible addresses this. In Genesis, what happens is that God gives humans a choice about how they're going to rule. So are they going to use their authority for the benefit of others, which is God's definition of good, or are they going to turn away and define good and evil for themselves and use their authority for self-advantage? And in the story, they choose to define good and evil on their own terms. And so this is the Bible's depiction of the human condition. So sometimes we pull off amazingly good stuff, but just as often, despite our best intentions, we act selfishly and we create evil in the world. And so we're stuck as mediocre rulers making a mess of things. But that's not the end of the story. So the Bible goes on and it makes this claim that all of this was resolved when God bound himself to humanity through Jesus. And he showed us what it looks like to truly rule as a human. So what does it look like? Well, Jesus ruled by serving and by seeking the best for others, by putting himself underneath them and loving not just his friends, but also his enemies. And that's not a typical way to rule. And not only that, Jesus confronted the consequences of all of the evil and the death that we have created by our messed up ways of ruling. And he takes it. I mean, he lets it kill him. And so when the New Testament writers looked back to Jesus' resurrection, they see a whole new future opening up for all humanity. Jesus is a new way to be human. Yeah, that's why they called Jesus the image of God or the new human. And not only that, they also believe that Jesus' divine life and power is now available to heal and to transform us to become our life and power. And this sounds really nice, but what does it really look like? So practically, the Apostle Paul said it looks like people being filled by Jesus' own presence and spirit, filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and integrity and gentleness and self-control. He says, this is the new humanity that God wants to create in us so that we become people in whom God's image is being restored, people who will move the human project forward. And that's actually how the story of the Bible ends. It's a renewed world where God is on his throne and his servants are all around him, but they're the ones ruling over this new world, taking it into new uncharted territory with Jesus as their healer and their guide. I just love those Bible project videos. Uh, They put... They, they explain things so easily and, and helpfully to me, and hopefully uh, you enjoyed that as well, to see how we are created in the image of God. What difference does that make to you that you are created in the image of God? Uh, one day, um, 
Uh, I was preaching in, in a church uh, way back uh, in the day, and I was telling a story about, you know, what difference would it make if we went and we looked in the mirror, and instead of waking up and going, oh my goodness, oh, it's Monday, look at these bags under my eyes, and oh, this gray hair that's coming out of my beard, and oh, I just, uh, or instead if we woke up and said, I'm made in the image of God. How different would your day begin if you started that way? And, and I told that story, uh, and uh, the next day on Monday, uh, I come into my office, and that office uh, had its own private bathroom for the pastor, had my own private bathroom in there and so I go in and I'm going and above the sink is a mirror and on the mirror written in the mirror was you are created in the image of God the youth at youth group uh, had gone into my office and written that in there so that I remember and not only did they write it in my mirror but every single mirror in the building don't tell the trustees uh, and uh, and put it on there so that people uh, would remember the fact that they are created in the image the very image of God uh, and I don't know if they, because I didn't have to go to any of the other bathrooms in the church. I don't know if they kept those up for a while, but for uh, five years, I kept that on my mirror to the day I left because I could be having just the worst day ever and walk into that bathroom and look at that mirror and man, it would just warm my heart knowing that those kids put that there, but also the truth of knowing that God created us so many times we look at our flaws and our, our 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 sinfulness our brokenness we see the world around us and we forget that God's intent was not for it to be that way God's intent was for us to be created in his image which means we had perfect communion with God perfect communion with our neighbor and perfect communion with the world the created world we could have been speaking to our dogs and understanding what they say back instead of just going oh you're just so cute oh you're just the best dog ever. And we could have known what the dog was saying wouldn't that be a better world and, and maybe they'd listen when we said stop barking uh, sort of thing but uh, it was a perfect world but sin came into it and you know people will say things like oh I'm only human I'm going to make mistakes no you aren't only human. God created you to be more than human. So when you sin, you are less than human because you were created in the image of God and God's likeness. And now together, we are to cultivate, to create, to make the world new, to allow God's Holy Spirit to come and transform us and shape us and make us into that very image uh, of, uh, of God. Uh, Matthew 20 Verses 25 through 28, if you want to uh, go there, Matthew 20, 25 through 28. Uh, Jesus, his disciples had just been fighting over who was the greatest. Uh, and Jesus does this. Jesus calls his disciples together and says, You know that the rulers in this world load it, lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over all those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. 
And whoever wants to be first among you must become a slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, in the night in which he instituted the Lord's Supper, what did he do to his disciples? He washed their feet, each and every one of them, including the one who was to betray him. Jesus teaches us to pray for our enemies, to forgive those who don't want to be forgiven because we know that when we want to live like Jesus, we've got to forgive like Jesus. Uh, if uh, you turn to Philippians 2, verse 2, Philippians 2, verse 2, it says this. Paul is saying, then make me truly happy, he's talking to the Philippian church, by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Because the image of God is the body of Christ, the church. That's my little saying right there, that wasn't in the scripture. Verse three, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests. Sioni, that's, that's one of those verses I want to cut out. If, if you'll remind me later, I'm going to get my scissors and just cut that out. Because, I mean, really sinfulness is what? Selfishness. We want us. We, it's about me. It's all about me. Nothing else. And that selfishness comes out in our sinfulness. Uh, it, it takes us away from perfect communion with God. It takes us away from perfect communion with our neighbor. And it takes us away from perfect communion with our creation. Verse 4, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up that divine privilege. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, human image, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power, the Holy Spirit. At creation, what breathed life into us was the Spirit of God, the Ruach, and the only way that we can be recreated is if that power comes back into us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 14, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. And Jesus says, let your light shine before all. Don't hide it under a bushel. 
Let Christ's light shine in the darkness of your life so that the light of your life can now shine in the darkness of someone else and the power of the Holy Spirit can come and empower you to begin to live out that image of God here on earth as it is in heaven. The reason our relationships are broken is because we want it to be about us. And in the words of the uh, famous theologian Taylor Swift, it's me, it's me, I'm the problem, it's me. The reason there's sin and brokenness in the world is why? Me, it's my selfishness, it's my inability to live out the life that God's calling. It's me not following in Jesus' footsteps to love my enemy, to forgive those who don't wanna be forgiven, to pour out my life in other people's lives. It's my fault that there's sin and brokenness and Jesus came into the world to stop it in your life and in the world and until we allow every part of us to be like Jesus, then the world's not gonna be like Jesus. We come and we get this bread and we're reminded that the only wholeness that we have is when we are living our life like Jesus. And when we sin, we're broken. And each piece is brokenness in our life. You know, a lot of people say that, you know, in marriage, the first year is the hardest. My parents had a shirt that said, the first 60 years are the hardest. And in life, uh, life is hard because we're continually changing and, and sinfulness is coming into our life at different times and we have different stages and different problems. And we have got to, all through all of those, allow God's forgiveness and transforming grace to fill us and that's why we take communion every week. Uh, and, and the reason that we give money to the church is not that the church needs money, it, it's that we need to not make money an idol and we need to give it back to God so that God can go back into the world and create again the image of, of, of God and have communion again together. Will you allow God's Holy Spirit to transform you back into what really a human being's life should be. And it takes work. And it takes being honest with yourself and going, oops, Lord, I repent. When you have a problem with your neighbor, you say, oops, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Can we work this out? Oops, when you mess up the world, you fix it. And God is making all things new and beautiful again. And he wants us to be a part. Will you be a part of God's plan to bring the beautiful creation back to the very image of God? And will you live your life as an image? Amen.